Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Brown Eyed Unicorn. Thank you for escaping with me today. I'm here today with a dear friend of mine, a true icon, a lady that I love, my friend Carolyn Schwartz. I just came up with that. Wow, I've never gotten <laughs> such a great introduction in my entire life. Also, this is my first podcast, so I feel extremely awkward right now, but I'm speaking into this fancy mic, so I also feel pretty official. This is exclusive content, you guys. It's Caroline Schwartz's <laughs> first podcast ever. You guys are all breaking my podcast cherry right now. Yeah, this so. is so exciting. And what a beautiful uh, use of words, because what we're discussing today, the topic of this podcast is our sexual awakenings through film and cinema. So basically, this is a really, really important topic <laughs> to both of us. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think I think some background is actually necessary before we dive into this. Definitely. So Hannah has always been my film friend. Um, well, at first she was my Hebrew school friend. Because True. we were in Hebrew school before we even... I, did we... We hardly knew each other. I just knew totally. I liked you. I just knew I liked you too. I don't know if you remember this, but we had this weird substitute teacher once that was this like weird young guy with glasses. Wait. And he told us that there were like woolly mammoths walking around the earth. Hold up. Do you this, remember this? This was like fifth grade and he was so creepy. Yes. And he was talking about how transportation, it would like murder you and then recreate a new version of yes, you. Yes, and how like dinosaurs place. could be walking around tomorrow and like we need to be ready. Who was that dude? I don't remember. We never saw or spoke <laughs> of him again. I wish I had least knew his last name so we could you know Facebook the shit out of him right like slide into his DMs and be like have you heard about the dinosaur invasion I remember going home to my mom and being like mom this teacher said this my mom was like who is this person she was like very alarmed oh my god I told my mom about it too she was so freaked out and like probably pissed like I, who the fuck is this guy that Benet Torah put in the classroom if he's not in a mental institution he definitely was watching Jurassic World and was like I foresaw this. Right? And then probably, like, I think he definitely was on something in our class, but who's to say? The North Shore can be a grizzly place. Probably was just smoking weed, but we were in fifth grade and didn't know what weed was. Yeah, (laughs) true. Probably weed. Okay. So Hebrew school. (laughs) Digress. Hebrew school, then high school, where we did theater together. We did do theater together. Choral. (laughs) <laughs> Corral. <laughs> Chorus. We were both... You were an alto one, right? I was an alto two. Ooh, this is awkward. I know. We shouldn't even be talking. <laughs> Yikes. There, there were some divides between the alto one and alto twos. And then the sopranos were just like doing their own thing. Well, the sopranos were just too good for everyone because they got the pretty parts of all the songs and we had to do like the weird harmony. Yeah, exactly. The- do you remember? I talked about this on a different podcast. Do you remember the humiliating time that we all had to sing Porgy and Bess as a bunch of rich white Jewish children? <laughs> it's like literally the darkest thing I've ever done. You know what's so sad and so telling about our upbringing in a rich white Jewish school is yeah. that at the time it didn't even occur to me that that was wrong. Me neither. I was like, this is beautiful music and I'm so happy that I was exposed. Yeah. Like it was kind of like in fifth grade. So you were not in my fifth grade class. Yeah. We sang this whole repertoire. We sang like Wade in the Water. Mm-hmm. And we also sang Follow the Drinking Gourd. And I really <laughs> didn't understand what we were singing as a bunch of just like white Jewish. But you were feeling ones. yourself. You're like, I'm fucking nailing this song. I had a solo. Yeah. I killed it. You weren't fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the time um, Highland Park did Cats and I didn't get in? I was too busy dancing in a cat suit to pay attention to the fact that you didn't get it. I had other things to do. I was I was too busy being in cats, right? The uh, acclaimed Broadway musical. 
I was to this day, I'm so bitter about that, but I'm like also secretly, I think it was a blessing in disguise because, um, my, I, I wouldn't have been able to pull off the cat suit. Let's just say. Oh my God. Yes, you would have. Honestly. No, that was during my heftier journey. You were always a gorgeous, gorgeous girl, but this Thank is you. not a self-esteem podcast. You so. too. I know. <laughs> that was last week with Aaron. We should mention too, we're all friends, like oh, you yeah. and Aaron from last week. Yes. All high school buddies. I'm on like a high school buddy kick. Wow. Look at you. Exciting. <laughs> cool podcast. Right. Don't, don't Um. Okay. Oh, so back to what we were trying to talk about. Right. So when Hannah and I became actual real friends in high school, we both bonded because we realized that we loved movies, which seems like something that shouldn't be unique and cool, but it was unique and cool because of the types of movies we were into. Totally. Well, like, I feel like everyone was watching How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or some shit like that, or which just is awesome. Friends. Which is awesome. Right. I love those movies. But, you know, we just had really eclectic tastes, but also really classy tastes. You know, totally. we would watch some, like, good old movies and then some yeah. weird ones. Yeah, we would watch some weird ones where it was, like, I felt like if we had told that many people, like, okay, we're going to go and watch. I'm trying to think of one of the weird ones that we watched. I don't know. I don't even know. God, it's, they're all blending together. But I feel like if, if we had been like, hey, um, we're going to go watch We Need to Talk About Kevin, people would be like, that's a weird I'm one. not going to watch that with you. <laughs> like, and we'd be like, you're fucking lost. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I like couldn't drive or didn't have a car, and I would like bike the bike trail to your house, and like we would just like sit in the air conditioning in your basement and watch movies all day. It was fucking fantastic. It was, that was honestly one of the best summers of my life, I think, because of that. Yeah. It was so chill. We were like, do you work today? No. Cool. See you in 10. Yeah. I think, honestly, and this is really depressing, what really solidified our friendship was Heath Ledger's passing. Totally. Um, Which was I mean, what, sophomore year? I, th- I want to say it was sophomore year. It, yeah. It's been 10 years. <gasps> I know. I saw it, and I almost sent you something about it, but I thought it was too depressing. Oh my God. Um, but, but yeah, I think after that happened, we just really bonded over our mutual love of Heath Ledger and, and I think like, I always loved him. I think we both like always loved him and like he was beautiful, but also was like super talented. Mm -hmm. But then I think after he died, we both sort of fell down this weird rabbit hole of like, we need to see his entire body of work or we like can't pay the respect to him that we need to pay in order to like reconcile with this loss. Right. And, you know, on the topic of sexual awakenings, I do feel like Heath Ledger probably was a sexual awakening for many girls, including normal girls. Yeah. Um, But normal girls, do you mean, like, not people like us that sit in basements and watch movies? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Like, you know, who have actual lives. But I... I distinctly remember having many conversations about Heath Ledger in that scene when he was the Joker in The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. when he was riding in the car and his, his head out the window. Yeah, and his head was out the window and his arm was just hanging out and his muscles were rippling. Yeah, and you're and like, I'm not so supposed to be turned sexy. on, but I am. <laughs> okay, it's like we're not just talking about sexual awakenings, we're talking about like the nitty gritty, uncomfortable parts of our sexual awakenings that we are <laughs> boldly admitting into the universe. I mean, like, I think a lot of people like, might have had that thought too but no one had the balls to say it and we would be like hey so don't tell anyone this this is going to be kind of weird but and then we would like bring up some dude from a movie and we'd be like oh my god thank god you feel that way yeah okay so for me it all started actually with Captain Jack Sparrow Mm -hmm. so that movie came out I think we must have been in like sixth grade yeah that sounds right sixth grade Okay, so we're watching this movie. Every girl loves Orlando Bloom mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah, in the original movie. 
Um, and, you know, I just wanted to fit in. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Orlando, Orlando. But all I know is that watching Captain Jack swagger on screen awakened something in me that I just never knew existed. Oh, my God. I Same thing. And I was, like, embarrassed. I was like, I don't feel like I can tell people. But the lull of that is, like... Any woman on the world, you can be like, Johnny Depp's so sexy. Or, well, at the time before he was like a wife beater. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, now he's not sexy Exactly. Anymore. No, no, no. Right. But, but, but at the of, time, at the time. <laughs> yeah. At the time, you could be like, oh, he's sexy. And it's like, there was nothing to be embarrassed about. But I think what it embarrassed me as a sixth grader was A, like, I was, uh, sexual awakenings were confusing, yeah. obviously. But B, he was so effeminate that I was, like, scared. Like, am, yes. just, am I a lesbian? Because he's kind of like a girl... But I think he's really attractive. Well, yeah, no, that that's exactly how I felt. He was like, he's so effeminate. There's something about him that's not like any other guy I've ever experienced. Like, that is not my dad. Right. That is not my brother. Right. Like, that's that's not no my one teacher. I grew up with. That's yeah. no one I've ever seen before in my entire life. And then I actually do remember admitting to my two best friends at the time, who will remain unnamed, mm-hmm. um, but... They, they know who they are. Actually, they probably don't. <laughs> They're <laughs> um, listening for sure. Um, I just remember admitting to them, like, you know, they were talking about Orlando Bloom in that movie. And I was like, you know, like, I kind of like Johnny Depp in that movie, Jack Sparrow. And they would not stop making fun of me because they were talking about how, now he had like a little dreadlocked beard. Yeah, he had like those two little dreadlocks. They couldn't get over that. They thought it was the most disgusting thing they'd ever seen in their entire life. And so uh-huh. they would just taunt me about the fact that I liked a guy with a matted beard. (laughs) (laughs) It was really upsetting. I felt bullied. Okay, yeah, a matted beard. Also, like, sexy man rings. Also, like, a really good tan. Eyeliner. Chiseled cheekbones. Like, Swagger and confidence for days. And also treated Elizabeth like shit. Which, so, you know, to this just day, being an asshole to women. Please, that's <laughs> totally what I'm into. Emotionally abuse me, for sure. And then in the end, when he's like, it never would have worked out between us, darling, or <laughs> oh, whatever. Die. Oh, he's a drunk, he's an alcoholic, also something I'm really into. Oh my god. I Every time I would watch that, I had this weird... Can I, like, get inappropriate? Please. I would just get this, like, weird, like, tingly feeling. Like, and it alarmed like, in my you. nether regions. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that feeling Same. was. Like, that And pulsing. it really alarmed me. I now have a term for it, actually. What is it? Because, you know, it happens a lot. It's giant yeah. tingles. Oh, that's like, cute. It's, it's a good term. You know, like, when you're watching, like, the Vampire Diaries, I'm dating myself, but on TV sure. and you're, like, seeing one of those hookup scenes and you get that, like, kind of, like, tingly feeling. For me, it's like, you're watching This Is Us and... Jack has just bought the family the car that they couldn't afford. Way's talking to the car salesman about like, I need this car for my kids. And you're just like, oh, fuck. It's really weird also that in life now, I'm really turned on by like um, really strong patriarchal figures. Like that like turns me on now as opposed to the Jack Sparrow point That's in my life. That's really mature of you. I mean, <laughs> but I'm still going for like the drunk degenerates who treat me yeah. like garbage. Like. That's why I'm single. I mean, honestly, my, I think my number one right now is, is actually a very healthy crush to have. Like Chadwick Boseman. I mean, he's very topical. Who is he? He is playing Black Panther. Okay. Like that little gap tooth. Oh. Here for it. Like I, I watch him on screen and I'm like giant tingles all over. Giant tingles for days. For days. Um. But yeah, I mean, just just going back to high school, school days, I would also watch The Tudors in high school. No one mm-hmm. really knew what that shit was, but I loved Anne Boleyn. I was I big like into history. You were. Didn't we see the other Boleyn girl together in the theater? Yeah, that was a bad movie, so I don't want to talk about that because the yeah. book was great. Right. But, 
But The Tudors was this fantastic, sexy show, and everyone was so bored by it at the time. They were mm-hmm. like, Caroline, why do you watch this shit? I'm like, Johnny Tingles, it's fine. Right. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever, like, I would always get scared that my parents would walk in and be like, what you watching? And I'd be like, nothing. That's so oh, raven. That happened to me. Because the, the Tudors was like tits okay, everywhere. There was this one episode where there was boat sex. There was boat sex, and my dad walks in at that moment. And was my, it like a rowboat? No, it was like a ship. Okay. Like a ship, but you can't just have sex. I guess I wasn't that clear. I know. Well, it's like, well, like, I didn't know. Just keep going. Keep going. And my dad just walks in and just kind of takes a look at the screen. I don't think he said anything. He might have said an awkward, just like, hey, Caroline, and then just slithered right out of there. Right. He's not the type that would have acknowledged the fact that this was what his daughter was watching. Right. Except maybe later when he's like, Caroline, I want to talk about how, you know, you act around men and how men think about you. Oh, you had that talk? I've had that talk many times. Really? And he has no idea, you know, like how I act around men or how I don't act right. around men. You're like, men, I'm but... sorry, I'm not sure what we're getting at here. <laughs> but he's just like having the dad talk. Totally. <laughs> it probably all sprouted from this one time he walked in on me watching the tutors. Like, Let's talk about boat sex, Caroline. <laughs> yeah, my dad was always really like selfish and that he'd be like, Let's go to the movies. And he'd be like, I want to see Raising Helen. And he'd be like, <laughs> We're going to see the Winslow boy. Tough shit. Or like, What's the Winslow boy? I don't know. It was awful. I was, well, that was like, I was like five. But like, he took me to see like duets when I was in fifth grade where there's like a graphic sex scene and I had no idea what was going on. It was just my dad being like, you're going to like this movie and just pawning off his adult taste on me. So it's like, he really had no room to judge what I was watching, but I feel like he did anyway. Yeah. I mean, my dad did that to me too, but I will say he's probably the reason that I have good taste in movies. I remember, I, oh God, I had to have been like five years old. And he was like, let's just watch the opening scene of Citizen Kane. My dad always says to me, like, we're watch the <laughs> we were, first 20 minutes. We would just watch the Rosebud scene. And he mm-hmm. was so sure that me as a five-year-old would then be like, yeah, let's watch the rest. Because I pull that shit all the time with friends. Like, oh, let's just watch the first 10 minutes of this movie. Right. And hook him in. And then we watch the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I wanted to watch Barney. I did not want right. to watch some, you know, old geezer who ruined his life because he was really wealthy and didn't know how to love. Right. You're like, I don't feel like this is my truth right now, dad, but if yeah. you watch this movie, that's fine. But speaking of hot men, yeah. Orson Welles in that movie. I've actually never seen Citizen Kane. Wow. We I know. I'm a monster. After, after this. Zac Efron have, played him though, so he must have been a beautiful man. <laughs> he, he was, you know. Oh wait, no, he didn't. No, I think he did. In me and Orson Welles. I or think. was he, he played the me. Yeah, he played the me. <laughs> Someone else was Orson Welles. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, that was one of those movies that my dad and I could agree on where I was like, I'm seeing it for Zac Efron. You're seeing it because of the historical value. It's fine. Yeah. Also, um, going back to like our sexual awakenings, I feel like the other time where I was really confused, and we've talked about this, by how sexually attracted I was to an androgynous man was just Tim Curry in literally oh, everything. Tim Curry. I hear the name Tim Curry and I feel Johnny excited. Tingles. Yeah. Complete Johnny Tingles. Um, I mean, first off... I remember when we would talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. How there was just something so sexy about his him strutting, his confident ass in that outfit. And those heels, that hair, oh. the makeup. To this day, I'm like, I watch it for that. 
right? I know, it's like the whole movie isn't good, but Tim Curry's parts are good. Yeah. And then he's super sexy, obviously, as Rooster. Okay, again, though, abusive, <laughs> alcoholic, like, very disturbed man. Remember in the end when he's, like, sweating from his forehead and he's about to, like, throw Annie? But, but him, him and Bernadette. I know. They have just... What a power couple. Oh, my God. I wish that worked out. Those two characters, like, Rooster and what's the girl's name? Like, Madeline? Oh, crap. What was her name? It really feels like it's Madeline or something. I mean, I can sing this song. Easy Street. Right? I feel like they had, like, wild sex. They, as characters. Oh, they definitely did. They were you know the Bonnie I mean? and Clyde of the innocent musical world. Totally. Also, I do a really good impression of Molly in the beginning of that movie. Fun fact. <laughs> do you want to hear it? Yeah. Let me get a little bit away from the mic. Annie! <laughs> <laughs> Annie! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's as far Sorry. as it goes. You just keep yelling Annie desperately. <laughs> Annie! <laughs> Hunger Games, like Prim. Oh, totally. Tennis! Totally. Tennis! Okay, so <laughs> add to your resume really good Prim impression, and I'll add really good Molly from Annie impression. And then just Jennifer Lawrence pouring her heart out, like, Prim! Oh my god. Prim! Just like, just, just bellowing. She, just a complete side note. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how in the last movie of, did you see the last Hunger Games movie? I feel like the last one I saw was when that annoying lady was like, TikTok! And then when she died... <laughs> <laughs> died. Spoiler alert. I didn't care. Okay. Well, you don't need to see the third one because literally every single person is phoning it in. Like, I'm pretty sure Woody Harrelson just showed up to set and they're like, Woody, can you just put on a costume? He's like, I'm wearing my beanie. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but then Jennifer Lawrence, bless her heart, was pouring her soul into this performance like she does with every performance. Right. And Effie Trinket was just like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. And everyone else was just kind of like, mm. Let's just wear our funny costumes around you. Except Woody, who's just going to wear his street clothes. <laughs> yeah, right. Woody's like, no. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is a mysterious person who, se- who awakened me sexually as well. He is Not as sexy. a teenager, but like more as an adult. No, I, I can appreciate him. Even Okay, so I just saw that movie, Three Billboards. <gasps> I haven't seen it yet. Sam it's, Rockwell is one of my Sam, big crushes. He was not sexy in that movie. He's sexy, though, normally. Yeah, he was um, sexy and poltergeist as the dad. <laughs> you know, I've never seen poltergeist. Well, he was in the new ones just see the original oh. one if you're going to but he was in the I've new one i've never seen any poltergeist yeah he was in the new one as the dad but keep going yeah um oh yeah i was just gonna say woody harrelson was kind of sexy in that movie i mean he's definitely like an older man dying of cancer spoiler alert but oh, sure. um but you know he just like has heart older men have a wisdom to them <laughs> they do um but back to tim curry because i cannot get enough of tim curry right we have to like really like Hash we, this out. we need to like dive into pull apart the threads. <laughs> Tim Curry. Um, can we talk about him in Muppets Treasure Island? Yeah, but we don't he, know what it, what's his character's name. I don't know. He's like a famous character from he, literature, right? John Long John Silver. Long John Silver. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I feel like that might be it, but <laughs> keep talking. I'm gonna Google. Google this. Um, I mean, I know the whole soundtrack. I could probably just sing the whole of Cabin Fever right now. And then <laughs> we've got Cabin Fever. Isn't it's burning like in our brains? <laughs> oh my god, what a beautiful we've film. We've got Cabin Fever. It's also, driving me insane. Okay, I'll stop. Also, now. clearly, <laughs> clearly, he has um, also a matted beard. So maybe you just have a thing for matted beards. Well, no, you know what though? I did have a thing for pirates. From about first grade on, I had a thing for pirates. Long John Silver, great. We His nailed name it. Was Long yep. John Silver. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So that's not just that a donut or a restaurant. Chain. Right. Yeah, a thousand percent. 
Um, but yeah, and then he sings that song, you know, when you're a professional pirate, you yeah. don't have to brush your teeth. I mean, you know more about that movie than I do, but you're welcome to keep going. <laughs> Basically, I'm just using this. Oh, wait. What? Also as Wadsworth in Clue. Oh, <gasps> how can we forget that? I know. Oh, Hashtag Clue. never forget. I feel he was, like they're remaking Clue. Am I pulling that out of my ass right If now? they do, and I wasn't even seen for Miss Scarlet, or Miss White for that matter, because you know they're going to make everyone young. It's going to make Anna Kendrick as Miss White, Jennifer Lawrence as Miss <laughs> Scarlet, um, and then they're going to be like Sterling K. Brown as Professor Plum. Of course. You know, like who he has be, to play smart people. Who would be Colonel Mustard? Because they're going to have to get an old white guy who hasn't molested someone in Hollywood. Oh my God. Well... They're just going to have to cut that part all together then. <laughs> I can't imagine. It's going to be like Zac Efron as Colonel <laughs> Mustard. <laughs> oh, my God. This would be an incredible cast. It'd be really good. Or like Liam Neeson. Oh, he'd be fantastic. But then just with a bunch of youngsters. I feel like, no, you know what? Liam Neeson would be Mr. Body and we got murdered at the beginning and <laughs> no. everyone would be like, wow, they hired Liam Neeson for the first five minutes of the movie. Right, right. Who would be Miss White? I really do feel like Anna Kendrick would get it. Anna Kendrick? No, she'd be, um, oh my God, Miss Peacock. Ellen Burson's character? It's like, before I say that, I have to out. Before I say that, I feel like they'd annoyingly get Emma Stone to be Miss Scarlet. Right. And then, her stupid yeah, red And then hair. Jennifer Lawrence would be Miss White. White. You're right. Yeah. Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> Heaving, breathing, or she would be like Yvette. Or no, at this point they'd get like Margot Robbie to play. Margot Robbie would be Yvette. Which one was Yvette? The fucking hot maid that's like, I am flattened to go with oh, yeah, right. And then she gets murdered. <laughs> oh my god. And I'd be the singing telegram who gets <laughs> shot on the spot. <laughs> I, was, I was actually thinking about, okay, so again, total digression, but... <laughs> this is what we're going to do in this episode, you guys, so if you're not into it, just turn it off. <laughs> if I were in a horror movie, or an action movie, or a zombie movie, or mm. any movie where people die, like, I would not survive for two seconds. I know. I have no street smarts whatsoever. Mm-mm. I have some book smarts, like, you know, I, I like researching things, mm-hmm. I like reading things, and learning, but... I would be so oblivious. Like, I'd see the monster and just be like, oh, he's misunderstood. And, like, try to talk to him. Right. Maybe or... I can reason with him. <laughs> reason with the kid. Or I just, like, wouldn't even realize that he was the monster. Like, he'd be, like, wearing a dark hood and, like, be all scary. Right. And I'd just be like, oh, there's just a stranger on the streets. Like, I'm so oblivious. I know. I feel like I'm, like, afraid of literally everything. But, like, I would be the idiot that would, like, have the knife in the house and then stab the person that was there to help me and then leave myself alone with the killer. <laughs> like, that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, I got you. And then it would end up being, like, my one ally that was still living. You know what? I actually want to take back what my role would be. Because if you placed, like, me as a human in a horror movie, mm-hmm. yes, I would die immediately. But mm-hmm. if you turn me into a character in a yeah. horror movie, because that's a different story. Totally. Um, because all of a sudden everyone is, you know, way better at surviving when right. they're an actual character in a horror movie. Like Paris Hilton lasted a pretty long time in House of Wax, all yeah, things like, considered. Like, let's talk about real life. You know, she'd yeah. be stabbed in two seconds. For sure. But I think I'd be that character. I'd be like the weird, you know, nerdy one who, like, is too ugly to have a boyfriend. And then, like... <laughs> <laughs> I hate you right now. And then I would... I would die and no one can see my air quotes, but I'm die with air quotes. Yeah. You know, middle of the movie, but then I'd come back heroically in the last act. That's good. And I would have like figured out something about the monster. Like I wouldn't be the final girl hero, but I'd be like the sidekick. I who, who do you think I would end. be in a horror film? I could like 
kind of, okay, you could go a few ways. You could weirdly, surprisingly be the final girl. Like if, you, they, if they wanted to make an out-of-the-box casting choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be like classic Halloween right. final girl because right. you're way too exciting to be that bland-ass character. It's really kind of you to say that. Um, but, you know, if they made, I feel like horror movies are really tongue-in-cheek these days. Like they know exactly what they are. They're pretty funny. Yeah, I'd want to be in a movie like Happy Death Day. That's like a dream role of mine. Ooh. Did you see that movie? I didn't, but I saw a lot of trailers. Yeah, where it's just like, she's like a bitchy sorority girl, and in the end, she ends up like kicking ass and taking names. So like, spoiler alert. So it's like, that's the kind of horror movie I'd want to be in, where like, you're basically just being like a basic bitch the entire time, and then you can save Mm -hmm. the day in the end. Yeah, you'd definitely be the hero of a horror movie that's super campy, and it's like, we're not even going to try, but we know we're not trying, and we're going to, we're going to give a wink, wink, nod, nod to the audience. Ironic, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... God, this is the best podcast episode I've ever done. Yay. We're just talking about movies all the time. <laughs> this is literally what we do all the time. We get together and we all just talk time. about movies. I feel like that's what I do just on a daily basis. It's like, mm, let me relate this back to a movie I just saw. Oh, me too. And like, I give advice with analogies and my friends are like, I haven't seen that movie, so I really don't know what we're talking about. And I was like, oh. um, know, wait, what? You know what I sometimes do? This what? is horrible. Um, so movies that my friends haven't seen... Since I'm so excited about the movie and I want them to be as excited as I am, if they can't sit down and watch it with me, which I will do, like I am obnoxious when it comes to, oh, like I, I feel bad for my friends and they're like, oh, do you want to watch a movie tonight? I'm like, yes, you're 5,000 suggestions. Right. And then they'll be like, well, do you want to watch this one? I'll be like, no, no watching my not. choice. Right. Um, and then I'll like pause it every five seconds and explain what's going on and explain the casting choices and everything, you know. That That's why I feel like I should watch Game of Thrones with you because I've never watched it, but I also feel like it would take me like 12 years to get through the series. I will watch it with you and I will explain everything that's happening. Because I'm deeply confused. I, I watched the, the first two episodes. I read all the books. It's it's a little confusing if you haven't read the books. It's gonna be really honest. dense. There's this guy who works out at my gym and I always want to, I'm like, he looks like a Game of Thrones guy. And like my trainers are like, oh, you mean like Drago? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't watch the show. Is he the one with Daenerys like mm-hmm. on the, in the desert kingdom? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, you should just go up to him and be like, oh, Cal, Cal. I just wanted to introduce myself. I've seen you working out here for days. And then I finally had the balls to tell the guy, like, you look like that guy from Game of Thrones. He's like, oh, Drago. And I was like, oh, God. Sure. Yeah, I was like, the fact he that you know He sounds obnoxious, it. the fact that he, like, already knows that he looks like Dro- Drogo, by the way. Sorry. It's, it's Drogo. I think I was doing a hybrid of Draco Malfoy. <laughs> And Drogo from Game I of think Thrones. you were. Whatever. Oh, uh, Drogo. Uh, Tom Felton. You know, I saw a live taping I, of Conan a few years ago. I and Tom Felton him. was Tom Felton and Ray Romano were on it, and I was like, "Room." Because then, like, a, a girl I went to college with literally saw Tom, like, met Tom Felton at like Woodfield Mall, like the next week, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I flew all the way to the, to LA when I could have met him at a mall. I remember I was really obsessed with Tom Felton, and I remember that too. Yeah, I was very obsessed with him, and I remember reading all these facts about him, and it was talking about how he wanted to quit acting and become a fisherman. That's pretty endearing. I'll give you that. It's pretty cute, but also what a loser. Right? Okay, have fun with that, you dork. Um, oh, can I also use this as a shameless plug for a TV show I just finished and Please. I'm obsessed with? Um, so I was kind of telling you about it, but Hannibal. Yeah. The most underwatched, best TV show. I watched the finale, and every part of my being was tingling along with the vagina. Totally. Like, it was just so beautiful and perfect, and the soundtrack was great, and... 
you know, I, I really encourage everyone who's not squeamish to watch it. It's, it's pretty gory a, though, right? It's, a, it's very gory, but it's a wonderful three seasons of TV. And I would definitely take a lot of time to explain every bit about it. Oh yeah, that's the second part of like why people are really annoyed with me when I talk about movies and TV shows. I will stop what I'm doing and just explain the entire plot. Like if I know someone is not going to see Citizen Kane... Like, think, I'll just tell you what happened. I think I've recited the whole movie to someone. And they're like, well, no, I don't need to see it. I'm like, but it's still great. You should. You should still take the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you know that's a habit of yours. So, like, work on, like, nipping it in the bud and being like, and that's where I'll stop telling you. Because <laughs> there's more to discover. And the person's like, but what happens? And like, <laughs> guess you're just going to have to watch it. I'm, I'm really bad at doing that, too, though. Yeah. And I must be a really good storyteller when it comes to film and TV. I'm not with my own stories. Like, clearly, I'm going everywhere. But... <laughs> So, you know, reciting a TV show I really like, I think I get the person super excited about it. And then they watch it and they're like, this wasn't as good as the way you described it. You should be like a movie trailer maker. Oh my God. Because that would just be doing that via clips from the movie. That might be my dream job. Right. Is, does that does that exist? Yeah. I met a guy in LA who makes trailers. He did the Hunger Games trailers. Do I need to know how to, you know, like cut film and do yeah we'll call cyrus he'll teach us okay good i don't know he's another high school friend you guys he's really good with film yeah i know nothing technology wise me neither i didn't know how to take a screenshot on my phone and i had to go to the other 24 year old intern first she was like yeah sure i'll take a screenshot for you okay so she takes a screenshot and it goes to this like weird screen where I see the photo, but it didn't look like any other photo I had on my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so is it downloaded to my phone? <laughs> Wait, was this in LA? No, this when was, you interned. This was two days ago. Oh shit! <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, and then she just started laughing at me, and I was really confused why she was laughing. And then I realized <laughs> downloaded's not a word anymore for photos. They're just on they your just phone exist. or they're not. Jesus. Well, I feel like I don't know the right jargon for that kind of thing either. <laughs> okay, wait. A couple other Heath Ledger movies that I feel like we need to touch on. Yes. Um, I'm Not There. <gasps> we watched Such, that together. That was a Because you love Bob movie. Dylan. I love Bob Dylan. I love Bob Dylan. My issue with that movie, though, was I had very clear Bob Dylans that I loved and cared about, Heath being one of them. Um, and that Benjamin something guy, the other younger one. Oh, Ben Wishaw. Yes. He's a cutie. Yeah. And like Kate Blanchett, like tried so hard to be him that I couldn't understand what she was saying. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're but, losing me. But she's such a good actor. <laughs> right. I'm like, you're losing me, honey. But like, I remember loving that movie because he was like a tortured dad. No, it was a great movie. He's like, don't take my kids. Remember when he freaks out? Yeah. What's so fascinating about that movie is there's so much mythology that Bob Dylan created about himself, and that's what that movie represented. Yeah. So, like, he wasn't actually, like, a black child on a train Mm -hmm. who just, like, train hopped. Right. You know, he was actually a Jewish kid from Minnesota. Right. And just, like, made up this whole backstory. So these were different sides of this very mysterious man who I'm not obsessed with at all. Right. (laughs) That's really cool, though. I actually never knew that. I don't know enough about Bob Dylan to know for sure all that stuff. I just get weirdly obsessive about things. And I do too. I know a lot about River lot Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember River Phoenix. Yeah. He's, he's another one. Ugh. R.I.P. Oh, but hold up. While we're on the topic of, okay, we'll go back to Heath Ledger. Okay. Clearly, we, we're we both need great to, at telling stories. Right? We need to touch on Brokeback Mountain, though. We're, let's save that for okay. one second. Okay. Because I'm still thinking about musicians okay. and androgyny. Okay. 
David Bowie was one of my biggest sexual awakenings. Labyrinth was a big one for oh me. Oh my God, Labyrinth. Yeah. When you just saw his little penis pouch in the pants yep. and the long blonde hair. Yep. He was like the the live version of Howl from Howl's Moving Castle, a who was also percent. sexy as hell. Uh, I've never fallen for an anime character except for um, Darian and Sailor Moon is pretty hot too. Tuxedo Max. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. pretty Isn't sexy. his real name Darian? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I think I was also like attracted to Sailor Moon because she was right, just we such exist a on a spectrum. I had a huge girl crush on Sailor Mars. And if Ooh, her and Darian were like threesies, I'd be like, sure. You know, I've been trying to do a Sailor Moon theme for Halloween for the past, like, five years. You can't get enough sailors? I can't get enough sailors, first of all. And second of all, I'm not creative enough to make my own costume, and those costumes are so goddamn expensive. I know. I'd want to buy, like, a good cosplay one if I were going to do it. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. Okay. David Bowie was, like, an embodiment of Wizard Howell. Yeah. but, But also, David Bowie in the whole Ziggy Stardust phase. Like, if you look at these old photos yeah. of him with his big hoop earrings and his body suits and his sparkles, like, oh, shit. Right. Like, he is sexy. Well, I we actually uh, recapped Labyrinth on this podcast, and I remember saying, like, David Bowie was, yeah, the first time as a kid, one of the first times, obviously, where I was like, but he looks like a girl. And, and my way of uh, dealing with that was I remember I would make fun of him. I'd be like, look at his hair. Look at his eyeshadow. He looks like a girl. And I'd make fun of him, but it was just because I wanted to talk about him. I actually handled it the exact same way. Yeah. And because the only way my friends wanted to talk about him was if he was being made fun of. Right. Because, I mean, who knows? Maybe they were dealing with the same sexual confusion, confusion that we yeah. were. But I, I don't think they were, actually. Right. But like, you guys were just small-minded <laughs> five-year-olds. We were woke as hell. Yeah, we were. Yeah, right. I mean, but it is, it's like, it makes me excited to like maybe someday be a parent so that if my kid has these weird feelings, I can be like, I see what you're doing Mm -hmm. and I want you to know that it's totally cool. I honestly think that, you know, I, I wish we knew it was okay to like embrace that side of ourselves. Yeah. That like, it's okay if you're into a dude that looks a little bit like a girl. It's okay if you're into a girl that looks like a dude. Yeah. Like why it's do I need to feel embarrassed about it? Right? It, it's just being a kid is really hard. Being a kid is hard. And people don't fucking get it. Especially nowadays. They have all their social media nonsense. Like, sorry kids. I know, right? Even to this day though, I feel like I, I like know guys that will say things that are like weirdly homophobic or like they're just so close-minded when it comes to like admitting that someone's hot. I remember in college, I had a really like girly group of girlfriends and mm-hmm. if I saw a hot girl on campus, I'd be like, oh my God, she's hot. And I would just observe it because like, if she's hot, I'm going to say it. Because it's 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 an objective fact. Exactly. And I remember my girlfriends eventually were like, you know, you can just tell us if you're a lesbian. And what? I was like, thank you for the support. Um, I'm not. Um... <laughs> But thank you, I guess. It was very strange. Wow, that's that's really nice of you. Yeah, exactly. I just remember being like deeply confused and like kind of irritated, being like, I'm sorry that I'm the only one that's like comfortable enough in my sexuality to be like, that's a hot person. It could be a male or a female. I just will observe a beautiful person when I see them. Yeah. I mean, because I want to. (laughs) That's why we watch like hot people on TV. That's why movie stars are all good looking. It's fine. Exactly. Even Steve Buscemi has a demographic of women that are like, hmm. You know him? I I do not see the appeal. I mean, he, he seems like a lovely man. And don't get me wrong. I love when he's in movies. I'm like, yeah, Steve Buscemi. 
But I remember <laughs> telling something about Steve Buscemi off the air because it would have to be edited out. All right. I'm going to make a mental note of that because I'm very curious yeah. about this. Yep. Um, okay. <laughs> so Heath Ledger. Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Ooh, this is the big kahuna. Yeah. This was a really important moment in our journey, the journey of our friendship. It really was. Well, you saw it first. I did. So I, I had this weird habit of... You know, so this was before the days that on demand really existed. So like, you know, if you were going to watch a movie, you either rented it or you found a weird bootlegged version on YouTube or yeah, or online. Yeah. So that was how I watched Brokeback Mountain. Also how I watched The Exorcist. Um, oh. Side note. Ugh. But yeah, so I was in, you know, this like little room in my parents' house on a PC desktop watching Brokeback Mountain. Oh, yeah, in that little computer room you guys had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called it the kids' study. It's, Cute. It was really adorable. A lot of studying got done. Uh, oh, so much studying of Heath Ledger and Jude <laughs> making sweet, sweet love. Um, but yeah, so I remember I watched this movie, and I was touched in a way that I don't think I've ever been touched before. Like, it just... It, and it, this was beyond just the giant tangles. I mean, those were there. Right. But this was just an emotional connection that I felt to this movie. Right. And felt to these characters. And oh my God. it. And when that happens to me, I have an obsessive personality, if you me can't too. tell already. Yeah. And, and so, first off, I need to find out every single thing about these actors, about the making of the movie, about the score, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the first part. Second part is... I really want the world to appreciate it the way I did because it's like, do you ever have that feeling where something is just so beautiful and so amazing that you just like feel like you're going to explode unless you somehow make someone else understand how beautiful it is? Yeah. Or like I'll get to a point where I'm like the only way to like reconcile with this level of obsession if I were in this movie and this movie already exists and that like breaks my heart because I can't be closer to it than I already am. Yes. And it's like, and you feel that barrier of you're not close enough to this movie and you don't physically know. It like hurts your feelings. Yeah. I remember in high school, I would like make up characters for myself. I'd be like, well, I'll be Jake Gyllenhaal's estranged daughter that shows up (laughs) on his farm. And this is what I would say. Like I would make up characters and lines for myself. That's amazing. I I would like picture them going to bed. I would like manifest them. Wow, I feel like I'm gonna try that. I would definitely manifest Heath Ledger and just be like, please, Heath, visit me in my dreams tonight. Like, I would it's, come up, it's yeah. fine. I won't be threatening. Right. Um, but yeah, so I so I watched this movie. The next day, I, you know, in normal Caroline fashion, I'm like, I need to talk about this with someone. So first, you know, my mom's the first one there, and she does not love movies the way I do. I mean, she she appreciates a good movie every now and then, but mm-hmm. um, I start telling her about this movie and I just start sobbing. And she was so freaked out. Then I started listening to the soundtrack by myself and started sobbing again. I still listen to The Wings when I'm by myself. Oh, amazing. Oh my God. I would literally, like, I remember, like, I was, like, having some emotional night and I was, like, in an Uber or I was driving somewhere and I listened to it. And when the music swelled, we always talk about the swell in that song. And I just, like, I just exploded. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I remember we talked about it because we were going through our Heath kick. Yeah. And then or, I think we I watched it for the first time with yeah. you. Yeah. And then we watched it together and we were both just a mess at the end. Totally. And Night's Tale was the next thing on the list for it, that day. We had to like, well, we had to like pep ourselves back up. Yeah. Well, I remember, so we were crying at the end of the movie 
then we think we're fine. We turn on a Knight's Tale. The opening credits start rolling. And we start crying again. We started crying again. We had to pause it. <laughs> he was so beautiful and everything. He was so earnest. Especially oh. in Knight's Tale. That's really hard to watch because he's such a kid. I know. And he's, he's so, so just... Boyish. Yeah, like just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and has not been corrupted by Mary-Kate Olsen yet. Well, speaking of that boyishness, that's why, again, like, ugh, so many digressions. But I realized that that's why Leonardo DiCaprio is no longer attractive. Because totally. it's not that he's, I mean, he's not physically ugly. He's physically a symmetrical man. Yeah. He has um, all the features of a, an attractive man. Yeah. But in Titanic and in Catch Me If You Can, he has this boyishness about him, this energy yeah, about him. Totally. That, and that's what's attractive And sort of like an, a naivete, this sort of like yeah. thirstiness to explore the world and potentially fuck it up. Yeah. And then by the time you get to Shutter Island, he's already, you know, he's a little puffier. Again, that's not the biggest deal in the world. But yeah. He's kind of lost that. I really want to rewatch that movie, by the Shutter way. Shutter Island. Which, that's by the way, one. I've made so many analogies where I'm like this fucking place is like Shutter Island and I know there's something people aren't telling me I like have used (laughs) that movie like as an analogy so many times um but I remember when I watched Brokeback Mountain for the first time I think I will say this we were like woke high schoolers which it's it's like it makes me ashamed to say that but like honestly okay we were woke for the high school exactly all relatively speaking but like the fact that we saw it as just a love story while the rest of the world was like it's the gay cowboy movie it's gay cowboys that's what it's about about gay cowboys and we're like no it's about just humans who love each other deeply and can't explore that it's the romeo and juliet of our time truly so if you want another good cry read the short story it's (gasps) online it's in the new yorker oh my god um and it's just it's so wonderful. How long is it? Really short. Um, short story. You know. Uh, it probably took me like 20 minutes to oh, read. Okay. So not too bad. What's that short story where no one's allowed to be um, perfect, so they like fuck up everyone's talents? What? I never read that There's one. There's this like short story <laughs> where like the ballerina has to wear like weight on her feet because you're like everyone has to be equal. And it's like this like... Like I mean, that sounds familiar. Post-apocalyptic society where like everyone has to be equal. That yeah, sounds like Brave New World shit. Right, guys? <laughs> email me at brownedunicorn at gmail.com. Tell me if you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, it's like Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. I think I just thought of Twilight Zone because, you know, that episode with like the ballerina and the fireman and yeah. the clown. Well, not a fireman, but like, it's like, oh, can I spoil the twist? They're all toys in a chest. Oh, that's really interesting. I've actually never seen that one. I'm sorry. Well, where can I watch them? Netflix. Or at least the last I checked. I think I'm going to be creeped out, though, by myself watching Twilight Zone. You know, it's such not good production value. Is it like Black Mirror, though? It's like Black Mirror, except in black and white, really low budget, and just interesting. Some are bad. Some are very bad. Um, I've probably seen most of them. Okay, so interesting thing about Twilight Zone... So I read this whole thing about Rod Serling. You know, Rod Serling is the announcer at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. like Mr. Dalloway was... I'm doing a horrible impression of him, so I'm just going to stop myself right Love now. It. But something about the Twilight Zone. Uh-huh. Okay, Rod Serling. You, you guys should know his voice or look him up if you don't. But um, he was a really interesting guy. So he creates this whole show concept. And this is all during the Red Scare. Um, so there was a lot of censorship on TV. So actually, if you watch Twilight Zone through that lens, through this idea, this political lens, it's so much more fascinating because he was making comments on society that oh, interesting. Was, it wouldn't have been allowed on screen, but he did it under the guise of sci-fi. Cool. That's actually very yeah. cool. That makes me want to watch it more. 
So if you think about like monsters are due on Maple Street, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of just like humanity is doomed kind of thing. I mean, I, I read into everything, so I'm probably reading way too much into all of You should these, seriously like, be like a, episodes, a, fil- a film like teacher. <laughs> like, so what does that represent? And they're like, Miss Schwartz, it doesn't represent anything. You're literally just um, overthinking it. Professor Schwartz. Professor Miss Schwartz. You're teaching second grade <laughs> film class. Um, okay, wait, I feel like we should touch on cartoons that awakened us sexually as yes, a kid. Yes. Because which, if you guys say that you were not sexually attracted to cartoons as a you're child. You're a fucking liar. You're lying. They literally purposely draw cartoons to look like attractive people. Like they, they like do. copy their features on they purpose. They really do. You know, like like yeah. Nala was a beautiful lioness. Oh, she was. But she'd be a hot lady too. I can't wait for Beyonce to be Nala. Me too. It's amazing. But I mean we already talked about Howl. Yeah, Howl's Moving Castle, you guys, it's a Miyazaki film, and if you've never seen it, it is truly one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. I was like, my breath was taken away by the animation. I was like, when they're in that field of flowers. so gorgeous. Also, Christian Bale voices Howl. Which makes me even sexier. And this was during our Christian Bale phase. Oh, yeah, we went through that phase, too. We didn't even touch on that. Oh, my God, (laughs) Christian, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Christian, we love you. We know you're listening to this podcast right now. my number one subscriber, for sure. (laughs) Tunes in every week. It calms him down. Down on set. Call us, Christian. Yeah. Call us. <laughs> Literally, we did you watch that movie Harsh Times with me that he was in with Eva Longoria where he was like No. He was like living in the mean streets in LA and he like talked like this, like this, like, like mumbling with like these tattoos. He was like really poorly cast. It was very low budge. That sounds like everything I dream yeah, of Christian Bale to be. <laughs> it's a lol fest. Um he'll never like Bruce Wayne is just it for me. I mean, yeah, he's he's perfect as We Bruce should mention Wayne. also that we went at midnight to the Dark Knight. Oh, we yeah. went to a Batman party at this kid Alex's house. We watched the first one. I made Bat. My mom made Batman brownies. Mm-hmm. I wore a cape and a cowl. We wore like costumes, and then yeah. went at midnight. And didn't we go to Six Flags like the week before that? And we were so pumped, and we like went on the Dark Knight ride. Yes. Oh my god, we were such Batman ride. We really were. <laughs> I was like, all to be closer to Heath, of course. Oh my uh, god, Heath. And Christian. And Christian. And Heath. And Christian. Okay, so Howl's Moving Castle, he does the voice of Howl, makes him way hotter. It's a beautiful yeah. love story. Oh, and Howl's so sexy, especially in that beginning scene when he first finds Sophie and he has that cape just draped around his shoulders <laughs> and they start walking on the air. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, so <laughs> Sophie. And he like has these long languid and, movements. And he has those earrings too, those dangly earrings. That's when he's still blonde, right? Yeah. He also has this moment that I really identify with where he's leaning over and he goes, there's no point to anything if I can't be beautiful. And I'm like, that's literally how I feel when I like gain a pound. I'm like, there's no point to anything if I can't be beautiful. Yep, that's about right. Not about you. He literally like melts into the ground. He's just like, no. It was so fantastic. But then at the end, when they chop off all his hair and it's like that weird purpley color, just not. He's kind of having like an Indigo Girls moment there, and it's just (laughs) not the most powerful uh, look he had in the entire movie. He's way better. He starts as David Bowie, and then he goes into like a brunette David Bowie, I guess, more Jack Sparrow territory when he Mm -hmm. has long dark hair. And then in the end, he looks like a pretty lady. <laughs> and not the kind that we're attracted to. Just yeah. Normal, yeah, exactly. Really. Not not a lady that I'm interested in, unfortunately. Um so wait. other cartoons. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Fuckable fox. Can why we... do you think they call why why do you think they say he's and, a fox? And also that British accent. I know. And also he's like such a good guy. He like looks out for those baby rabbits. They're like, wow, a whole farthing. <laughs> <laughs> and he steals from the rich to give to the poor. I know, right? <laughs> 
I really want just I mean, not love him. Well, again, Caroline, he's a little bit of a bad boy. It's like, what if your boyfriend were like Robin Hood and you were like really nice to children, but he's like, I stole this Birkin for you. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So this is still in the category of cartoon characters, but now we're going to go to video game characters. So okay. we were talking about the game Kingdom Hearts earlier today. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm not about to talk about Sora I was or say, We're the nerdiest <laughs> people. We're like, watch this Miyazaki movie. Also, Kingdom Hearts is amazing. Um, No, Cloud, the one... Do you remember? That? So he's in the Final Fantasy games, which I didn't play, so I don't know him from that. Mm-hmm. He was the weird boss in the Hercules level that had the big knife and was like, I'm just trying to find the love of my life. Oh, that's And he had, the, he had the blonde spiky hair because, you know, me and the blonde spiky hair, apparently. Yeah, it's on brand for you. And you should really look this up after this. I'm going to make a point of showing right. you who Cloud Okay, is. okay. I, I don't think I ever had a crush on a video game character. I really don't. I think... I'm Not trying- Mario? He's so squat. <laughs> Short. I mean, I did have a Guido Pushy phase. Mustache. Yeah, I had a Guido phase that lasted a very long time. Um, I mean, Waluigi is the way to go with that one. Oh, right. I liked Wario because when you picked him in Mario Kart, he would go, ah, ha, ha, and like twist his mustache and it was kind of like naughty. Um, no, I was really into this movie Rockadoodle. And I had a crush on that oh, Elvis Rooster. God. Yeah. Okay, I still remember that song, like the Rockadoodle Doo. Yeah. Sun is shining yeah. Bright. He's really sexy. He was sexy. What was his name? Chanticleer. Chanticleer. And that little Chanticleer. cat. The whole movie's like, Chanticleer. I think I like didn't understand that movie when I first watched it. I was obsessed with it. I know that sounds weird. No, I watched it a bunch of times, but I feel like it was, there were a lot of adult themes in there. Oh my God. Goldie, the girlfriend is basically a prostitute. She's highly sexualized and she's ruled by this creepy old fox with like a bunch of golf clubs and a pink car, like a Harvey Weinstein, if you will. Yeah. And then you have the owl, the Duke or whatever, Mm -hmm. who like is like a total like evil dictator like a nazi yeah it's really fucking scary it was it was a fucked up movie don bluth always really like went into those darker themes where disney kept it super light and fluffy Mm -hmm. and like at worst they killed off parents i mean i don't know if light and fluffy is is the right word i recently because apparently i'm a masochist I was just like, I'm going to watch all the sad moments from old Disney movies. So You're I watched, a monster. I know. Um, so I watched that scene from Dumbo where the mom's like locked behind the chain. Oh, that's deeply and they, fucked And up. they sing the song Baby Mine and her trunk is is out like <laughs> caressing Dumbo and like rocking him to sleep. And the one like lone tear comes out of his eye and it shows all the animals with their mom. And I was a mess. Yeah. Well, oh, I feel like God. it got lighter as time moved on. Also... While we're talking about Dumbo, I was very sexually attracted to those crows. They were sexy. They had swag. They were like, oh, you ever seen an elephant fly? And they were like, yeah. like walking around and we, singing. Can we also talk about how the main crow is named Jim Crow? It was highly racist. It was, it was horrendous. It was like, I am very embarrassed, but I will say, I'd do those crows. <laughs> they you know? were sexy crows. I mean, they were sexy and they, yeah, they had a great song. I really enjoy that song. It was a good song. Yeah. The why? Wait, what was it? Like, I think I've seen about everything. Why? You know, fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Also, Dodger from Oliver and Company mm. was a big one yep. for me. And yep. it really ignited my obsession with Billy Joel that has lasted forever. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Dodger, you know who... Okay, sorry. This is not a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. I love going off topic. Mm-hmm. Um, the artful Dodger from the original movie musical Oliver. I mean... I missed it. It's fine. I mean, it's, it's great. <laughs> Definitely go back and watch it. I love Oliver, but... When I was watching this movie as a six-year-old, and I see this like cute little artful Dodger just running around the streets like a you know like a little hooligan, well. he was yeah. a hooligan, and he had a little upturned nose. He was like a little elf, cute, and with his Cockney accent, I'm like, mm, that sounds. Give me a piece I, of that. I can see that. I mean, I had a crush on Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Tom and Huck because he was sort of the badass one that was like, yeah. we're gonna go like fuck shit up. <laughs> what is this? about us right i know i'm like wow um but yeah cartoon version of dodger was was pretty sexy yeah they were all bad boys you're right simba i feel like even had his bad boy phase like he did i was not as into i just never went through the simba phase i mean maybe i really loved the true bad boy yeah simba was a little bit of a golden child kovu in (laughs) lion king now star's son i would fuck that lion (laughs) fuck the shit out of him yeah i mean he was misunderstood he was like he i come was. from the wrong family remember how he just like coincidentally got a scar on his eye yeah it's a it's a genetic scar also for scar the lion did the scar come first or did his name come first like did he just get a scar like when his mother birthed him maybe she like accidentally clawed him across the eye also why does only one of the brothers have a british accent dun, dun, dun. jeremy irons is very sexy he is very sexy. Also, John Malkovich is very sexy. Mm, no, I don't agree with that one. Oh my God, Osborne Cox <laughs> in Burn After Reading. He's so upset. I mean, I do. John Malkovich does have a swagger and a bit of confidence. That's all I'm into. I need. I know, I like that swagger and confidence. You know? Well, it's kind of like, oh my God, I had such a good one and now I, I can't think of it. It'll come back Fuck, to me. It'll come back. I feel like we need to, like, wrap this up soon we could literally do this all night know, talking I'm about so sad about that all of the random guys that we want to fuck in movies i know i, I think w- what we figured out is that we have horrible taste in men <laughs> we don't like good people and that probably explains why with we valentine's don't. day tomorrow we're but, so single no but you know what i'm gonna reframe that because i'm a social worker so i'm all about reframing thoughts okay thank you we are attracted to confidence okay so it's not it's not we like the bad boys because they're confident. We, That's very Robin true. Robin Hood was a good boy. We've established, well, Yeah, I mean, of. he had a noble mission. He's a hero. Yeah. Wesley from The Princess Bride. He's a total, total hero, and he was really... Very attractive. Really attractive. In fact, when he came back as, what, the Dread Pirate Roberts or whatever, <gasps> oh, he's yeah. so much hotter than in the beginning when he's like, as you wish. I think as, as, a, wish. I think as a kid, I thought that they changed actors. Right? Because like, him as farm boy was not hot. Farm <laughs> boy. Also, fetch me that picture. Right? Like, what relationship starts with, like, is she just hot enough that she can order him around and he's like, okay. Does that work? Right? It's like, like men out there, does that work if I order you around and tell you to fetch me a... Barkeep, another <laughs> shot, please. They're going to be like, get the fuck out of my establishment. And if you don't say as you wish. Right, right. Uber driver. <laughs> Have you ever been a really hot Uber driver? Actually, no. Me neither. It's disappointing. Well, uh, I'm not going to say never. Yeah. It's, it's happened, but I just, you know, usually when I'm getting in an Uber, I'm not like, hmm, let's see who that Uber driver right. is today. Hey. Um, I guess... 
while we're like closing remarks, do you feel as a social worker, mm-hmm. do you feel like as adults that our sexual awakening is still happening? Do you think it's still changing? Like, I, or do you think it's happened? I honestly think it's always evolving. You know, I, I don't even think, oh, we're in our twenties. We're not fully baked yet. Right. Because I, I feel fully baked sometimes. I mean, I think yeah. we're always still learning and growing, but right. I think in terms of sexual preferences, sexual awakening, I mean, obviously there are clear sexual preferences sometimes, but in terms of like saying, that's my type, like I really right. like a tall brunette bearded man. Yeah. You know, at least for me personally, I find that my type is always changing and I find that what I'm interested in is always changing. And so I like to think that maybe that comes more from, oh, I'm maybe into a type of personality as opposed to a certain look. Right. But, you know, I think as we change or the stage of our life Like life experience. Yeah. I know. It's like I haven't always been attracted to dads, but now it's like a good, solid, like, dad figure is like what I'm attracted to. Yeah. But that's something I'm, like, looking for now. It depends on what we need at what time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It depends on what stage of our life we're at. You know, if you were feeling... super independent and into your own life, you know, you're probably not looking for someone broken. Right. Or maybe you are because you want to fix them like I always do. Oh, I'm so over that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm over it too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. Um, What are you doing for Valentine's Day tomorrow, by the way? Speaking Uh, of sexual whatever. (laughs) Valentine's Day tomorrow. So I'm getting together with a couple of friends. Mm -hmm. We're getting smashed. Mm -hmm. That sounds fun. Eating some chocolate and going to see the new Fifty Shades movie. Incredible. I haven't actually seen the second one, so I'm really hoping. I really think you'll be fine. It won't be too complicated for for my brain to handle. Yeah. I was telling you this earlier, listeners, last year I did a shit ton of edibles with my friend and a bunch of other people, and we saw Fifty Shades darker, and I don't really remember any of it. I was too fucking high. <laughs> Sorry. So great movie experience overall. Yeah, right? <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm going to an abs and arms class. Ooh. I might sleep through it. But I'm getting a reflexology massage that I got in Groupon for like $26. And I'm getting my hair cut. And then I'm eating $20 worth of McDonald's and watching Kill Bill for the first time. You've never seen Kill Bill? No. We can't go on a tangent oh, about it, but we'll talk shoot. about it later. <laughs> um, God, I, I really hope that... I don't know. I really I have no closing thoughts. I don't even know why I brought up Valentine's Day. I just am excited. I mean, for it. I think Valentine's Day kind of closes it out nicely, thinking about love, thinking about attraction. Yeah. You know, Valentine's Day signifies that. But I think something that we've talked about a lot is Valentine's Day is also about self-love. Yeah. The ultimate love of your life, guys, is yourself. You can give yourself giant tingles whenever you want. But if that's not enough, <laughs> watch any of the movies we mentioned. <laughs> right, or play Kingdom Hearts. That too. What do you think that controller's for? Just kidding. <laughs> Anything else? Oh, is there, do you want to give my listeners like a place where they can like find you on social media? Um, wow, I'm so bad at social media. You don't have to. I'm so not a millennial. Um, if you want to, it, it, Instagram, Twitter, probably Twitter. Sure. You have oh a funny God. Twitter. It's, it's fine. It's okay. I like it. Um, my, the picture of me is me standing in like a cleaning closet. So it's cool. <laughs> fun. Um, so my Twitter handle is at Caroline Schwa. So that's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E-S-C-H-W-A. 
Great. Yeah. I hope that's my Twitter handle. Give her a follow, you guys. <laughs> if you haven't already noticed, she's really fucking funny and has a lot of really awesome things to say. Woo. Um, if you guys don't follow me yet, somehow, it's at Hannah A. Brown, H-A-N-N-A-H-A-B-R-O-W-N, on Instagram and Twitter. Also, um, Brownie Junicorn now has an email address, brownieunicorn at gmail.com. So email me with your questions, comments, and concerns. Anything else? I think that's everything. Thanks for indulging us this awesome movie sex podcast tonight. Right? That's what we should call it. Movie sex podcast tonight. Love it. All right. That's the title of my memoir. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.